What is up, guys? Welcome to another Built Elite Training Podcast. It is your coach and head podcaster, Isaiah Bauer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Episode 25. Episode 25, guys. What is going on? Again, I appreciate everybody that is joining in on Instagram. Everybody that's joining in on Facebook, I appreciate you. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about three things I wish my younger self knew about building muscle. If I knew these three things when I first started, I would have been taking my physique to a different level. Obviously, I had to learn the hard way, and I'm constantly learning, especially as an online coach. I've been in the game now full-time online with my clients. I've been in for seven years, constantly pushing my clients, pushing myself to get to that next level. And so you guys, I want to give you so much value today that hopefully you can get something out of this podcast. And if you do screenshot it, share it to your favorite Facebook, Instagram, and we're going to get through this. So I'm going to first kind of start, start by telling you guys about my story going into building muscle. Okay. If you've been watching and following me on my Instagram, um, I was 130 pound skinny, scrawny little kid growing up in high school. I had no muscle. I would wear long sleeves because I didn't want people to see my physique. I was intimidated. I was afraid. I didn't like my look. I was very scrawny. I skateboarded. I had long Justin Bieber hair. And um, when I found bodybuilding, that was when I was in college. I've kind of shared my story about this in the past, but I was 130 pounds. I had no idea what to do. I started looking at magazines. I started looking at YouTube. I started looking on Instagram. Um, But I think over the years, Instagram has helped. There's been a lot better coaches out there getting on Instagram and actually educating. And that's my job now is to be an educator. And if you are a client of mine, or if you're not a client of mine, then I'm bringing you guys so much free value. So on your fitness journey, you're getting to that next level. But I was clueless. I was a 130 pound kid. I didn't know where I was going with my training. And um, I'm going to break this guys, break this down to when when I had my breakthrough, when I realized, hey, this is what I need to do to get to the next level. And these are the three things I had to change in my training, my nutrition, and overall my mindset and um, get to that next thing. And I had coaches. It wasn't just me doing this process. I did have coaches during my process to help educate me and get me to the next level. But the number, the first thing, if you're driving, do not write this down. But if you are watching the Facebook or Instagram, you want to take some notes. Number one, for building muscle, something that I wish I knew was you must track your protein. Okay. You got to track your protein. This is huge. There's a lot of research based on the why behind this, but today we're going to be talking about adding on muscle tissue. Okay. Muscle tissue, complete protein sources, give us the necessary building blocks to build muscle. Okay. When we focus on consuming protein anywhere between 20 to 50 grams, and this is going to be very uh, dependent on the person, you know, most of my guy clients, I like them anywhere between 30 to 50 grams of protein. My lady clients anywhere between 20 to 35, 20 to 40. Again, it really depends, but anywhere between 20 to 50 grams, you'll find that out why that is here in a second, but we need to activate something called muscle protein synthesis. When you are eating a complete protein source, like a lean meat, like real chicken. Um, this is muscle protein synthesis is the rate in which new proteins are created in muscle tissue to repair and build muscle. So you guys, this is something that I didn't realize growing up. I just ate food. I didn't really look at what a protein source is, what was a carb source, what was a fat source. 
And those are other macronutrients, but today we're just talking about protein. But when you're looking at that protein right there, when you're consuming that, you are activating muscle protein synthesis. And again, this is the rate in which new proteins are created in muscle tissue to repair and build muscle. So if you are in the process of building a physique, trying to build muscle, trying to burn body fat, and you are missing meals, you're not getting the adequate amount of protein within per meal, you guys are just pushing yourself backwards. And I found that in my training a lot with not getting that protein and not doing that in the correct way. And there, there's a lot of research out there that tells us that protein uh, too close to each other may not have the same benefit than having it spread out. Okay. So this is something that I get quite often asked is, okay, so if I need to activate muscle protein synthesis, should I focus on having it every, every hour? No, we don't, we don't want them. That's not how it works. Um, you want to be typically eating anywhere between three to four hours instead of one to two hours. So that would be like taking in your 50 grams in meal one at 7am and then not eating until about 11am to activate muscle protein synthesis. You're not going to get that activation. If you just go boom, 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 boom. Again, again, protein is very filling. I've tried it before. I, I feel sick. And there's research that shows you're wasting your time. Make sure it's spread out at least around anywhere between three to four hours. Um, I typically suggest anywhere between three to six meals throughout the day per client's needs and lifestyle. Again, this is very dependent. When someone first starts, I can typically go, you know, someone go, going from three to four meals, anywhere between three to six is ideal. And then it's going to be dependent on that person, their needs, their lifestyle, what they're currently doing with their training. Um, if it's somebody brand new to tracking macros, I'm not going to be like, Hey, I want you to activate muscle protein synthesis five times a day. No, we're going to start at three. And depending on if they're on a fat loss phase, a muscle building phase, a maintenance phase, we're going to dictate what we need to do with those proteins per meal. But just understand guys, just baseline, you want to help get that activation of muscle protein synthesis every three to four hours, um, you know, spread that out and just think, okay, every time I'm doing this and getting this meal and I'm activating muscle protein synthesis, that activation of the protein, um, I like to call it like you, you're pulling the trigger to, to create and build more muscle. We're getting to that point. Okay. Now research has shown too, that the window uh, that window pre-workout is open for 24 hours. This is a myth that I've seen a lot. Um, people saying like after they work out, they have to take in a way isolate within like seconds to get that anabolic window. But research has debunked that. No, you don't have to have shakes, a shake seconds after the workout, you guys. Um, you can still have that positive effect a couple hours after post-workout, ideally anywhere between two to three hours afterwards, that's when you get that meal. And then that's where you're going to be getting that protein source anywhere between 20 to 50. But again, guys, this was one of the first things I never knew the science of it. I didn't know. I just knew food. I just knew train and just eat. All I knew was eat food, just eat. I didn't know the macronutrients. I didn't know the breakdown. So for those that have been in the game for a while, you know, something that you can take out of this is just make sure you're weighing out your protein. Make sure it's on the scale in ounces. If it's a lean meat, um, ground turkey, make sure you're weighing that out. You know, 50 grams is typically anywhere between six to eight ounces. Make sure you're weighing that out. And if you're actually serious, 
that is where I'm telling you guys, this is going to get you to that next level. Another thing I want to take note too, not just the muscle protein synthesis, not just the, that window there, but I also want to talk about that recovery because recovery plays a role with other nutrients, but protein, especially if you are training and you are serious about training, one thing as a coach I do with all my clients, they all have customized training programs. And so if I have a client that is going into that next mesocycle, that last muzzle cycle, they were doing really well and they were recovering really well. And we add a little bit more intensity to their mesocycle. cycle. And all of a sudden in their check-ins, they're complaining that they're really sore. And we just added a little bit of dose. And I'm like, okay, something may, something's not right. Like sleep is good. You know, stress is good. And I go into their, their nutrients on my fitness pal. And I see they've missed say their goal is 150 grams of protein and they're getting like 80 grams of protein and they're complaining that they're always sore and they're not feeling like they're recovering from say 15 sets of chest on Monday with an RIR one. That's going to tell me something that's going to tell me that, Hey, you're missing your protein. And so this is a good biofeedback. You guys is when you're progressing with your training and you're seeing that you are very, very sore. Again, there's other variables that play into this, but I've seen this a lot with experience as well. I know there's research as well, backing this up. But if you are not recovering well and you're feeling like you are not getting to that next split, that next training day, look at your protein. Are you hitting that protein count? Are you getting those complete proteins? Are you getting that amino acids? Are you getting that muscle protein synthesis? Think about that. Okay, guys. So that was number one. Number two, focus on progressive overload. Okay. When I first started training, you guys, I talked about this a little bit in my creatine podcast. Uh, I don't know what episode that is, but um, very good podcast on the breakdown of creatine and why it's very important, especially for us natural lifters. But I literally went from 25 pound dumbbells to 80 pound dumbbells in 10 weeks. In 10 weeks, I went from 25 pound dumbbells to 80 pound dumbbells. My first year of training, my first few months, it was ridiculous. I felt like the mighty Hulk and I was growing. I literally I don't, I wasn't measuring my chest, but I was growing. And this is that very famous newbie gains. It's a real thing. You can see it within anywhere between one to two years of your growth period. And you can get a lot of motivation. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people, they finish those newbie, that newbie section of gains. They start slowing down. They start seeing um, no weight added to the bar. They start progressing a lot slower. And they get demotivated and they completely quit and they go up and down. It's like yo-yo diet. It's yo-yo progressing in, in the training and the hypertrophy and the strength. They yo-yo because they were expecting constant progressions in such a fast manner. But that's not how it is. And that's not the case, you guys. And so when, when I'm talking about with progressive overload, that doesn't mean add load, 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 load. you got to work on so many other things. But what I did when I first started was add load. That's all I thought. Like if I'm not getting stronger, if I'm not seeing 50 pound dumbbells go to 55, if I'm not seeing that squat go from 200 to 210 or 210, I'm not growing. Nothing's happening. But you guys have to understand, right? That is the, the, the more years you go, I've been in the game now for two years, <laughs> not two years, seven years, but it was two years of newbie games, seven years of training. Um, that it's going to become slower and slower and slower. And I don't know the exact specific number of 
what it does. There is some really good research out there that kind of shows, but everybody's different. And when I say that is everybody's biofeedback's different. You know, you can be the right on the spot elite elite and still see that slow progression. You can be down below and you're sleeping right, training right, and your genetics start just slowing down as well. It really depends on who it is, what your year you are, and just how consistent you are with your training. But just understand, guys, progressive overload, and let's break this down now, is once you push past those newbie gains, you have to get very obsessed with the small progressions. So what do those, what, what, what does that even entail? So going into me and my experience, I never knew these things until I learned them from coaches, uh, podcasts, um, seminars, and now experiencing them day by day in my own mesocycles is number one, progressive overload is not just load, but increase in reps. Example would be week one, you're doing 10 reps. And by week four, you're doing 14 reps with the same load. That's four extra reps. Give that another, for an example, four extra weeks. That's 18 reps. So you have to understand that, guys, it's not always going to be load. It's going to also be those reps, which is a very important thing because when you are increasing reps, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're increasing your skill. You're increasing your skill. And that's number two. Skill, especially with and to failure connection to perfection. So what I'm talking about is building so much skill. Say you're doing a dumbbell row and you're at 14 reps now, four weeks ago, you were at 10, but your skill after that week three and week four has gotten so much better when you're coming up and you're driving those elbows back and you're really close to failure. Your form isn't going to crap. I see this so many times with young guys in the gym that they go and they do a squat at 135 and that form looks terrible and they go from 135 and then they go to 155 and the form is still terrible. It's like, wait, 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 why'd you go add 15, 20 pounds if you still haven't built the skill and the reps in that first 135 section? So you guys have to also understand that skill plays a huge role. And I talk all about hypertrophy. I talk all about hypertrophy, hypertrophy, the art of muscle building. You guys, if you want to see good muscle tissue put on your physique, you have to build skill around your movements, especially once you're getting close to failure. And once you get to mechanical failure, I'm going to be doing a podcast specifically on what mechanical failure is. RIR had a, a little bit of a topic about that on a last podcast, but building skill around your movements, you guys, it's not just adding that load to the bar is building skill around that bar, around that press, around that pull, et cetera, et cetera. Number three with progressive overload, other than just load, load, load that I thought when I, when I first started was your range of motion improved with the same load and reps. You feel the contraction more like I talked about, but range of motion is a huge thing. This is another big thing that I see in my coaching in my training at the gym. This is something that I Till victim to when I first started was just moving that weight and not actually getting good range of motion. How many times do I see people or you see people doing a, a cable fly? If you're on Facebook and Instagram, you're watching this right now, but they're coming through trying to get that shortened peck and they're coming eccentrically to get that lengthened peck and they're half repping. They're, they're not controlling anything within that chest to get all the fibers recruited in that low mid range. And so this is something also you guys have to get really, really important and, and obsessed about is, hey, I have to build range of motion. Coach Isaiah 
from Built Elite Training said, I got to build range of motion. Don't just get obsessed with that load. I got to build range of motion. And there's so many studies out there that show range of motion, full range of motion has more muscle growth than half reps. There was a guy back when I used to train at LA Fitness, he would put well over 315 pounds on the bar and he would do quarter reps. And he did that for about two and a half years. I think it was every Tuesday or Wednesday. He did that for like almost two and a half to three years, these quarter reps. And I just could not believe it over and over and over again. Never once did I see him do one full range of motion squat in my life. People still do it. As you're listening to this podcast, write that down. Coach does not want me to do half reps, full range of motion. All right. This last one here, guys, this was a big one for me. And I talk about this all the time in my coaching. You do not want to let that mental mindset of this is starting to hurt stop you. What I mean by that is it's very easy leg extensions, a chest press. You start feeling that little bit of burning sensation. You start feeling tightness, blood flows being pushed into the muscle cells. And you're like, oh, this is it. I can't do anymore. And you get to that rep and you still probably have five, six, seven more, but in your mind, your mind is telling you you can't do it anymore. And this is why I love bodybuilding and hypertrophy training is because I'm telling you guys, I've shared my story so many times with my father's passing of, of committing suicide from all the things that I've gone through, how bodybuilding and training has lit a fire underneath me. And when I train and I'm pushing past that discomfort, that comfort of like, Oh, you should stop. It hurts. And pushing past that, I'm telling you guys, you get an elevation spike in all parts of your life. I call it the 360 effect all the time in my coaching. It's not just, oh yeah, that was a good workout. I pushed close to failure, but actually pushing past that mental barrier of like, I can't do this. No, of course you can do this. Stop being a little whiny. Not going to say that little whiny eh, 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 and push actually to that next level. And so this is something I see all the time in my form check-ins as well. When I see my clients pushing to a rep range of an RAR of say one, and they get to the 15th rep and they still like have five or six more and they're doing a little scrunty face. And I'm like, well, why'd you stop? And they're like, well, it started or hurt. Don't stop when it hurts. Actually start, stop when your muscles actually get close to mechanical failure. And this is something that I had to learn the hard way because I would stop when it just started to hurt up here, not actually on the bicep where my biceps actually mechanically said, hey, I can't do any more. Okay. Big things, guys, write that down. If you're driving, don't write it down, okay? Number three, we're going at number three. This one's going to be the good one because it took me a long time. It took me a long time to tell myself, hey, stop comparing, okay? You may not look like your famous physique guy or gal, okay? Number three, you may not ever look like that famous physique guy that you like or that girl you follow on social media, okay? You you are you. Your body is your body. Yes, that body can change. You can drop body fat. You can add muscle. You need to love it. But genetically, there's going to be coming up, come a point. I've been training for seven years. Yes, in four years, once I hit like my 10th year of training, I know I'm going to be a little bit bigger, but I know what I'm going to look like in about 10 years as a bodybuilder. No, I'm not going to look like the next uh, Olympia on the IFBB stage. You know, I'm a natural competitor. I'm going to look at, as a natural men's physique athlete. But when I first started training, I would look at these big, big time bodybuilders and think, I want to look like that. 
And I set myself up for failure because I was comparing. I wasn't loving my process. I wasn't loving my journey, you guys. And that's what I'm telling you right now. In your journey, in your muscle building journey, in your fat loss journey, you must love where you are right now. And I don't want you comparing yourself because comparison is the greatest thief of joy, or the taking of joy. It will take your joy away. And so you must understand that when you compare the people around you and you pull that energy out, you are going to start slacking. I've done that before as a coach. I've done that before in my life. And so I, I challenge you guys. And number three, you need to set it straight. Hey, I'm on my own journey. I'm not going to compare. I'm going to focus on who I am and I'm going to focus on what I have to do to be successful in my journey because this is my life. Guys, Monday, I start my, my prep, my 20-week prep. I've been off for two years as a natural men's physique athlete. I got my first show on March 26th. Am I going to be looking at all the other physique guys while they're in prep? No, I'm going to be focusing on me. I'm going to be focused on what I have to do today. How can I beat myself today in the mirror? What do I need to do? How can I get to that next level? Okay. So guys, that was number three. So kind of going back, three things I wish my younger self knew about building muscle. Number one, you must track your protein. Number two, focus on progressive overload. And number three, you got to stop comparing. You got to focus on your journey at your moment in life, what you are currently doing. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Built Elite Training Podcast. Thank you, Instagram, live followers, Facebook. Um, this was episode 25. I just hit over uh, 100 downloads too, so I appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in. Have the best day of your life, and we'll talk soon.